Alright lads, how's it going? Um, welcome to Absolutely Savage. And unfortunately, I've been a bit busy lately. Um, you know, working an awful lot, uh, a lot of overtime in works, things like that. And I've been kept going. Um, so it is, it's it's kind of been a bit hectic trying to manage, you know, two podcasts. I've got the Uninformed podcast with Aaron as well. So, yeah, I'm doing a lot. now. I sound like I'm complaining, man. I'm loving every fucking minute of it. I'm loving my job at the moment. I'm loving doing the podcast at the moment. So I'm loving everything about it. Um, so I'm not complaining. But that's just kind of my excuse for, for why I've been kind of, you know, a bit more quiet lately and stuff like that. So I apologise for that. Um, I like to get podcasts out to you more if I can. <clears throat> My voice is going because I've been talking an awful lot. I'm just after recording an interview with Mr. Dan Murphy. Uh, Dan's local musician from East Cork. And we had an, we had a brilliant chat. Jesus Christ, like he's, he's well able um so this is what this episode is i just said i'd have a little intro with you so i could talk to you a bit first just to ask how you're getting on things like that <laughs> reply to me will you <laughs> for fuck's sake <laughs> um but yeah no as i say i i do have plenty more to come i'll be talking to more people as well and i'm delighted to keep this going because i absolutely love doing it i love the fact that you know people are enjoying it and um, people are very much enjoying uninformed as well which i kind of guess people would because you know aaron's well able um myself and aaron are well able to to talk with each other as well so it's it's been great to do that and i'm enjoying it a lot but i enjoy doing this one i think this one i will still do interviews and stuff but for the most part i think i'm going to keep this as kind of more a single show my kind of diary thing things like that um because I kind of like the idea that I want to be a bit more creative with things. I have more things that I've been writing that I want to show you as well. Um, again, I kind of haven't writer's block lately. <laughs> it says you, how can you have writer's block for something that's fucking just talking absolute shite. But um, no, as I say, it's it's been great to uh, to talk to you again. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing at the moment. Um, this interview with Dan went very, very well. I hope you'll enjoy it because it's uh, it's very good. Um, we talked an awful lot about things. We talked an awful lot about music, different types of music. He's a music lover, uh, to be fair to him, which is a great thing to hear. He's he, you know he's very positive about different types of music, uh, things like that, which I was delighted to hear because uh, it's it's great it's great to hear somebody when they love something and love doing something. Um, and we had a great time anyway, it was a great crack, we talked about a few issues that are going on, things like that, he's well able, um, he's a, he's a great old young fella, so he is, so that's what uh, myself and Dan got up to anyway, so I'm going to play that interview for you here, thanks very much for your support, and I will have plenty more for you, take care you beautiful people. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Mr. Dan Murphy, how are you bud? I'm great Dave, yourself? Ah sure, all good now. Um, it's great that we can do these things over Zoom, still keep the old, uh, you know, podcast culture, things like that. It's a, sh- it's a shame you can't do live gigs, shit like that, but it's still good to be able to talk to somebody. Technology's come a long way, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, Jesus, I know. I'm sure, like, I'm allergic to Zoom at this stage. I, every <laughs> single day on Zoom, nearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same because, and I never actually used it before, um before covid i'd say for anything much you know i used to use whatchamacallit um skype years ago that's gone now is it oh yeah skype is all the rage i don't know what happened to it and a lot of people just call zoom skype so yeah I don't know. 
Well, it's like the same the thing. Same. It's the same thing, essentially. Like That's it, yeah. But like Zoom now is like, I mean, you can't do anything now without going on Zoom or there's Microsoft Teams and there's all these, there's about 10 different ones now, like, you know, um, yeah. for mostly for employers, I suppose. We're getting paid to promote um, all the the special um, communication services that are out there at the moment. It's very good. <laughs> exactly, yeah. This is serious <laughs> plugging for them, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you're very welcome anyway, and it's good to talk to you. Um, kind of what I want to talk to you about then is you actually used, you, I saw you commented on something on Facebook a few weeks ago that you had to take a job out of, you, you were a full-time musician at one stage, if I'm not, if I'm not correct, am I right about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And due to COVID now, you've had to take another job to, this kind of what I want to talk about, because there's a lot of musicians I've been talking to that have been in the same boat as yourself, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I suppose, yeah commenting on stuff on Facebook you get caught rotten there but uh, <laughs> yeah I was like yeah I was full-time musician like I mean look lots of people can say like you know full-time musician can mean you know doing two gigs a week if that's what you needed to do yeah or 10 gigs a week whatever it was but I didn't have another job was the main point that I was you know kind of saying there that like you know okay we were busy but um it wasn't like I was you know doing 10 gigs a day or anything like that but uh yeah it, it Look, a lot of people were in the same boat. Um, and now I'm I'm working as a sales rep instead, which actually it turns out a lot of the skills were transferable from from being an entertainer essentially, you know, from being a, yeah, like I would have been a, a front man in a lot of bands that I was in. Um, it's it's a lot the same thing. So I kind of fell on my feet there, thankfully, like you know, but um, yeah, like look, a, a lot of people had to do had to do it. Um, you, you look. The PUP won't last forever and we you know I was just going mad sitting at home all day like you know yeah I was the same and as you say it's the kind of thing that you're delighted with first the the notion of it because I was full-time working all the time now I'm full-time working again which is actually turns out to be a bit of a blessing in disguise but I remember at the time when coronavirus first came along and they were saying yeah we're gonna have to shut now for a while lads and I was thinking score like you know because I was never left at home getting paid to stay at home in my life and uh, it was a kind of a, you know, bit of a novelty. But after a while, it's not good for your head. It's not good for anything, really. Like, you know, so you oh, need no, to get 100%. out. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, like like that for the first. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, Jesus, I have to build work. And I have to. Like, I spent <laughs> about five months at home watching Netflix, drinking cans. I was happy. Out. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, 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 I got away with it for a while. And then, as you said, like after a while, you just think, Jesus, this is bad for the head, the health, everything. Like you just. You know, we're not we're not supposed to sit at home doing nothing all day. That's you know, it's not in our DNA to do that. Like so, um, I had to get out and do something. Like, especially as Irish people, we do like to socialize and we like the culture of the pubs. We like the culture of meeting up, going to gigs, things like that. And that's something that even not just as like not just for musicians they've lost out on, but people in general have lost out on. It's a great aesthetic for people to experience and everything. So. That's something that I've really missed. I miss um, going to gigs around Middleton, around Carrigtool, anywhere just around. Like East Cork has a great music scene, um, as we we all know uh, around here. But it's something I've missed an awful lot, you know. Yeah, and I, I think like I suppose people will have a massive appreciation for it, hopefully, when we go back. But like that, I was kind of saying, on the one hand, you'll have the appreciation for it, but on the other hand, um, we'll say things like live music were used in the past as maybe something to draw people into a pub. Yeah. Um, like, oh, there's a bit of music on here. We'll go in. 
um, when the pubs and that culture comes back, it may not actually be a necessity anymore to have that. It may be sort of no. like, well, look, we don't need to spend money and and have, you know, we don't need to spend, uh, you know, however much on a band this evening because people are just going to come into the pub regardless, you know. So there's a bit of kind of like, what's it going to be like when it goes back? Are there going to be gigs for musicians? Um, but either way, I'm sure we'll have the culture back and we'll have the, the lifestyle going, going out back, I suppose. So that's one thing at least. Yeah, that's something I didn't think of really, I suppose, is that um, you, you would like you're expecting people to flood the place anyway and as you say music was an attraction before that of a saturday evening whatever something like that i didn't actually think of that part of it but i do i do, I do think it'll come back in full swing because i'd say one things are able to you know we are able to just not socialist and stuff like that anymore it's going to be fucking mental <laughs> it will it will and it. like <laughs> and you know what like credit credit to to you know 90 percent of publicans are well actually pretty much all of them though they think about it um they will want music and they will pay for music you know like it, it's i suppose it's a bit cynical to look at it as the way i was looking at it there like but um it's something that was kind of in the back of my head going is it just an unnecessary expense now for a few of them but no credit to credit to most of them like they probably will you know step up and say right look we need to get and not just musicians either like you know there's all sorts of things that you know all sorts of culture events that happen in pubs and things that hopefully will come back um if not stronger than before like you know yeah, yeah. So then, where does it all start for yourself anyway with the uh, with the music thing? Like, where did you? Does a typical fucking you know? So anyway, Terry, where did it start for you? Yeah. You know, like when that, when did you? That's a load of question. <laughs> when did you pick up the guitar for the first time? Things like that. When did you realize this is something I actually want to do as a kind of a Jeez. job? Um, yeah, you'd think I've been asked that before. I haven't actually. <laughs> I don't have a clue. Uh, I suppose like it was just always. The guitar was always there, like it was always in the family. That was everyone could play a couple of chords on guitar and sing a bit and whatever. Like so, you were just raised on it. I mean, I think I was probably about four or five when I first picked up a guitar and tried to. Well, I mean, I probably just broke it, but <laughs> decided that I wanted to pick up this shiny thing, you know, and and try yeah. and make some noise on it. Like so, it's just I was just raised on. I never made a decision that this is what I'm going to do. I want to learn this. It was just like it just was a natural thing to to go away and learn it. Like you know, yeah, yeah. And it's great to have something like that, as you say, and that you're encouraged to be um, doing that from a young age. And the like, as you say, what what you're able to do with that then and bring it into your adult life and you know play around the place stuff like that is a great thing to be able to have um, for social scenes and stuff like that. Um, would you say yourself uh, it's kind of it's a kind of a tough career to have from the point of you will say holding down a full-time gig around the place kind of especially even before COVID things like that it is a kind of a tough one to have going full-time with the way especially these days with the way money is being distributed to musicians and stuff like that you know yeah I think like there was a lot of there's a lot of pitfalls I think that you can easily slip into with things like that because well, if you take, for example, we'll say most nights you go into a pub and you see a musician up playing in the corner. Um, chances are, I mean, he's he he's probably maybe got another job. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so it, it might be just sort of like, oh, look, I just do this for a bit, you know, like maybe buy presents for the kids or, you know, the bit of extra pocket money or something like that. If you're going to be doing it as a full-time profession, it is very tricky. Not so much from a standpoint of like, look, we... Um, I know a lot of people say, oh, look, musicians don't get paid enough. We don't get paid enough. And, and that is true for the most part, especially if you're like an original musician or something. Um, 
but you know we were gigging away happy out and like it was fine you know i never kind of turned around and went ah jesus we're getting nothing for this like you know i thought it was yeah, fair what, yeah. we were, what we were getting for it but i suppose the difficult thing is making sure that um you have enough to sustain yourself going like you can't just have a gig on a saturday night and let that be it yeah yeah, you know yeah. i mean you need to and like it took years of 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 doing a gig on a Saturday night and then you might get two gigs a week and then three gigs a week. And then it starts going up from there because of course, the more people you meet and speak to. Um, and of course I met some really good people in the music scene in East Cork as well that were, you know, everyone helps each other out um, all the way up to the publicans all the way up. You know, everyone wants to help everyone out, you know? So yeah, there's a great, there's a great life in it there. Like there's a great kind of spirit of let's look out for each other and, you know, make sure everyone can do it as a living if they want to, you know? Yeah, and I suppose from the live music point of view, it is it's a good scene to have um around here, especially it is quite a thriving thing. But then keeping original bands going, um, you know, and you know, having having to keep everyone interested and keep everyone going with it because it is it is something you do have to work towards. I'd say it is a tough position to be in trying to keep original bands going. Yeah, and like look for myself, I I'd never really did much in the original scene, you know. I, I I dabbled in one or two bands here and there, but like I never really um not that I never wanted to or, yeah. or didn't see that it was going to be good or anything, but I just liked playing covers. I liked playing songs that I liked. Mm. Um and unfortunately the situation is that they are the bands that tend to make a little bit more money when you're starting out anyway at least. Um because you know you're you're you have to remember I suppose when you're hired to play a gig in a bar usually um the way it is is you're hired as an entertainer not as a musician that's you know true I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah you're there to keep people drinking points if the points don't go out over the bar then your paycheck is you know where where is it coming from like do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so you kind of have to keep that in the back of your head that if a big gang comes in and like they all want to hear mustang sally uh, yeah. you play mustang sally because they're going to buy the points <laughs> you know what i mean they're, they're the people but no i draw the line at some songs and i have been known to just kind of go no Fuck you, that's <laughs> but um within reason within reason you have to it's, there's, there's certain ways of getting around it like but uh at the start definitely if, if they want to hear wagon wheel you've got to play wagon wheel you know i was i was just gonna ask you there would you try and wagon wheel there um <laughs> i was gonna say throw throw one or two songs there go on a wagon wheel is one that's, of them. and that's why like <laughs> is that and that's why like we started like one of the bands that i started like um we we started playing specifically because we didn't want to play Wagon Wheel yeah, or yeah. um or Galway Girl. And when when we were booking the band, like when the band was being booked into a venue, we were explicitly like, you understand that this band exists so that we don't play Wagon Wheel. Like we are <laughs> going to play Dad Rock and like Led Zeppelin and and stuff like that. And it's you know what I mean? There's going to be no Nathan Carter. Like you have to make it explicitly clear at the start, like. It's and it's an awkward one because you do always have those people who are you know they went out to watch the match of a Sunday come in you're there at about seven o'clock in the evening I would just try and wagon wheel for fuck's sake you know what I mean? exactly <laughs> and you know look some sometimes as well sometimes as well okay there might be we'll say you're like that on a Sunday evening after a match the bar is full um it doesn't matter what you play sometimes there's lads that are there only to watch a match. Yeah, yeah, and you can't like you you can't you can't stand there and go oh fuck it I'm losing customers I'm losing you know what I mean you, yeah it's yeah. going to happen and sometimes you're left with maybe thirty old rockers who are drinking their yeah. pints of Guinness um and they want to hear you know fucking Pink Floyd give it to them do you know what I mean yeah which yeah. is sometimes they're the best gigs when the place just clears out and you're just left with the, the rock and rollers but obviously 
you do your best to keep as many people as you can, like, but yeah, uh, yeah. So that, that can be that can be really fun. Some of my favorite gigs were those kind of ones. Yeah, because I was going to say that to you there. You have a very kind of, as you say, the dad's taste in music. Because I'd be the same as you a lot of the time, where like, you know, you'd be even going out with a girl or whatever, and you'd be like, oh, I like this band or whatever. And they'd be saying, like, yeah, my dad, my dad likes them. <laughs> you know, yeah, or exactly, like, yeah. my uncle likes them or something. You know, it's, it's, it's never someone from your own generation anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, again, like when you think about it, probably most people who are out playing music are, are going to be into music, obviously. Yeah. And people who tend to play music tend not to like um, those stupid like Wagon Wheel songs. Yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I, I don't think there's a musician in Cork who plays Wagon Wheel who goes, I fucking love this song. You know, I really love playing this song. But um, so I suppose we're lucky in that sense, like, you know, that we can get away with playing the stuff that we want to play. Yeah. Um, but again, that band might only do one gig a week. You have to have another band that does the other nights of the week that does play Wagon Wheel, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you have to cater to everyone, unfortunately. And that's the same. Even if you're only a DJ, you kind of have to cater to the, you know, the cheesy songs or whatever. You have to kind of cater to everyone that way. And uh, that's why I chose podcasting, because I can cater to whoever the fuck I want. <laughs> exactly. But that that's and like, I suppose that's another thing of like, you know, now we have the, the Facebook live thing and people you know I don't do it myself, but people do yeah. live live streams and whatever. And and you, you can play whatever you want now and you just get the audience you want because we consume things so selectively now. Like yeah. if you want to watch something on TV, you don't just turn on RT2 and hope that something you enjoy wants or something you want to watch comes on. You go yeah. to Netflix and you put on whatever you want. Um, the same with that, like you go to Spotify, you put on whatever it is you want to listen to. Um, that's the kind of world we live in now. So it's, it's rare enough that people just accept what you're giving them. Yeah. because they want to skip through and listen to whatever it is so people can discover new music through doing that as well you know yeah yeah and as you say selective viewing selective listening is what we're doing um at the moment and there's something that i kind of um want your two cents on because i was talking to someone about it recently is like do you know you're listening you're 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 you have a song and you're listening to whatever there's the generation of people who have the short i think we have a short attention span really is kind of the plainest way to say it but that you only get paid for, I don't know, is it the first 30 seconds or something of Spotify? I could be wrong about that now, but you actually kind of have to grab people's attention straight away with a song is kind of what the the basis of what I'm saying, really. So these days, a long intro to a song is kind of gone out the window, really, in a lot of ways, do you know? Absolutely. I mean, there was a song, um, I'm sure, like uh, every now and then I put on the the charts to listen to what's what's new and it's relevant I almost yeah exactly and i almost inevitably don't like anything on it yeah. but the other day i had um uh what's her name uh rodriguez olivia rodriguez i think is her name i don't even know who song. that is <laughs> yeah, this is no, I, I don't know who she is either but she had this song driver's license out and it's number right. one in the world with the last like week right so i think most people will know what it is but like that i didn't know what it was and i threw it on and it had this um I, it must be, I don't know how long the song is. It's probably two and a half, three minutes. I expect no longer, but it could be longer. I don't know. Yeah. But the actual meat of the song doesn't really happen until two verses in or something. Like it's yeah. very, I was listening to it going, this is very unusual. And it's a brilliant song. It's a fantastic song. Yeah. She's an amazing singer. But I was just going, that's really like, it was new to my ear to hear it in the charts. Yeah. And then you go back to like, I don't know, um, take a, uh, uh, Pink Floyd, like 
how long is the intro to shine on you crazy diamond it must be four minutes long or something yeah, yeah. Like your voices in it but it seems to be going back now that we do have these longer intros coming in because as you said our attention our attention span is so short um instead of having vocals and stuff straight away there's like little um kind of ear candy there's like little bits of production happening that might be yeah. like a like in this particular song it's a you know when you open a car door and it bongs yeah that's yeah. going that's going on in the background of this song now so it's like there's always something happening but it's it's subtle now you know which is nice so it was a new i was surprised to hear it so maybe it's coming yeah. back around again yeah i must check it out because as you say you do find the odd gym here and there but that kind of because i'm a, i am an instrumental person myself i do like um you know hearing background music things like that but it kind of it, when you were saying there that you found that song and it's like you're surprised it's quite good or that it's different or whatever i suppose you could argue that we say music these days is shite or whatever and in a way that's true i do think but also i suppose the decades we look back on the 70s 80s whatever even some of the 90s was fantastic and you think but there was there was obviously a lot of shite they were pouring out as well at the same time we're take you obviously take the good bits out maybe someday yeah. in like 30 years time our kids will be like, geez, music was great in your day. What's wrong with it today? You know, that you might have the odd person like that. That's very true. That's very true. Like, and it's probably like, it's not really something I ever really considered before either, to be honest, um, until you said it there. Like, it is definitely like you could see that happening. But like, and then you listen back to like, think of your favorite bands from like the 70s and stuff, and you go back to their earliest albums and you think, why is this shit? This isn't <laughs> Do you know what I mean. So there was, there absolutely was a lot of shit out there when you think about it, like, you know. Yeah, and that's a funny one because people always say that they're like, uh, oh, you think they were a great band, but as you say, you listen to some of the shite they were pouring out to people, and Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's 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 fun, it's funny, like, because it's something you have to put into perspective. Like, I used to be a complete arsehole when it came to music, <laughs> as in, like, even to my girlfriend or whatever, like, because she's where polar opposites when it comes to music. And she throws on a song and they'd be like, you don't understand that has no meaning or whatever. Like, it's like, <laughs> won't be a fucking dictator about it either, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you see, like, the other side of things as well is that, like, if anything, sometimes the songwriting can be a lot better now than it would have been back then. I mean, you yeah, take, like, yeah. so, like a lot of songs now, like, um, we'll say Justin Bieber has a song out there called Anyone. There was nine writers on that song. Yeah, nine people involved in writing that song like that's that's a lot of brains coming together to make and again it's a pretty good song like it's not, it's not yeah, wrong. Yeah. it's a copy of a it's a copy of a total song but it, it sounds okay um but like nine people involved in writing songs these days like it's bound to produce some good stuff like you know and yeah and we say there that like the copy of a copy of total whatever and i was looking up recently you know 10 songs that are ripped off from older songs or whatever and Honestly, I do think it's a case where it's just hard to come up with something because so much has been done in a lot of ways too. It is harder to come up with stuff, um, especially since music has become easier to make. In some ways, it's become we become more um, indulged, and as a result, I think it's hard. It, it is harder. Like you might have something, a song, and you might think, "Oh, this this is good or original." Whatever you play it for someone else, they go, "Lad, this is the same as fucking." <laughs> you exactly, know what I mean? Yeah. This is John Mayer, or and something, I hear you know? that. <laughs> Yeah, and I hear that a lot now in music these days that I think it's probably just because as I get older, you listen to more and more music, you've heard more and more stuff, you start to realize, oh, that sounds like this and that's, you You hear a pattern, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it's probably like, as you were saying earlier, like that there was probably a lot of shit music back then. They were probably copying a lot of stuff back then. Like Led Zeppelin are well known for having ripped off a lot of original black um, 
uh, blues and soul kind of singers and stuff. I suppose the same thing's happening now. It's just, it's just different. Uh, it's different. Yeah. What would you say? I don't know what the word is. Uh, <laughs> it's different uh, styles. Different, different <laughs> exactly. Styles, different you. takes on things. Because as you say, art is a story that's just been continued to be told, I suppose. You can't really own something. I don't know if it's only one of these hippie guys. Like, you can't own art, man. But what I mean is like, you, you actually, can, yeah. <laughs> you can't actually, you know, say, oh no, I, I, I invented this or whatever. Because you did yourself, like anybody took influence from someone else. Do you yeah. know, so you can't say that, like, you can't say, like, oh, you originally came up with this, you did, but it's also, you can't give out for somebody taking inspiration from you either, you know? Yeah, and, but then on the other hand, then you have, like, uh, Ed Sheeran got sued for ripping off a Marvin Gaye song. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. Some, somebody else, somebody else got sued for ripping off a Marvin Gaye song recently as well. Um, can't remember who now, but, like, it does, it does cross a line every now and then, I think, you know? Um, There's certain ones, all right. Um, like, there's a few there's a few songs like one, when one direction were on the go now one direction were obviously just the money spin or whatever like but one direction um there was one in particular that they had they ripped off bab o'reilly by the who which was a big one that they did, they? did. they have a song um i don't know it's called the best song ever but if you actually listen it's you should check it out in your own thing because if you listen to the uh the intro it's you know the dun, the dun, dun. it's yeah. the exact fucking same it's actually ridiculous and like would you really be well off now picking one of the most recognizable rock intros of all time? Like, yeah, yeah let's yeah. copy that. Like, at least use an obscure one. But, like, I mean, what's happening a lot now is sampling. Like, that's yeah, a huge yeah. thing. Well, it has. I mean, sampling's been huge since probably, like, the late 70s. But particularly nowadays with, like, um, like Dua Lipa was using, a, uh, was using a, a jazz. Oh, what was the name of the song now? I uh, can't think of it. No, but she, it, was a, it was a piece of jazz music from like the 20s or something yeah that was that was used in another song like 30 years ago and now she's using it as another reset so it's like resampling is massive at the minute um but like as you said earlier there's only so many notes and like they talk all the time about the four chords of rock like anyone who picked up a guitar knows that <laughs> yeah. you only need four chords and off you go do you know what i mean you're sorry you play thing. any so- yeah you can go off and play any as any amount of gigs you want you know <laughs> yeah because uh, that- we, we were listening oh sorry there bud no, you're, I was just saying many do like. Yeah, because like um, credit to Tom Petty actually, because there was a few people kind of copied him, but he was accused of copying gang as well, and I think he kind of knew that himself because if he ever, if anyone ever kind of you know, it was brought to his attention because uh, I think Sam Smith, um, if you listen to Stay with Me, it sounds a lot like I won't back down, but like he actually himself was kind of just like, oh well, look. I took inspiration from someone else. So, you know, I can understand how somebody's going to take it from me. And I think, you know what, fair play to him for that, because it's not, you know, it's not, you're in, you're in a powerful position. It's not an easy kind of stance to take either. Yeah. And again, like, I think, I think as well, people though, from that time, from that generation, like were a lot different. Like, again, it's probably that they might, I don't know now if Tom Petty did or not, but he, maybe he owned the rights to his own music. I don't know. And maybe it was something like that where, if a record company is is involved, maybe they want to hound down whoever it is that's copying it so that they can make more money. But I feel like most artists are probably kind of going, well, yeah, you know, like I listen to, you know, whoever listened to Robert Johnson, like 
started yeah. playing blues. You know, Eric Clapton became Eric Clapton because he listened to Robert Johnson. Or, do you know what I mean? There's yeah, this, yeah. This linear kind of thing that happens. So I suppose in that sense, probably the artists probably don't actually care that much. Maybe it is just the record companies, but I don't know. You know, I don't know who owns the rights to these things. You know? And as I said, I've known a few original artists um, over the years, and then you see the stuff they're writing and it is very similar to someone else, very similar to like Oasis. It's very similar to like, even though you know a guy who was very like Ed Sheeran, like uncanny like Ed Sheeran, to be honest with you. It's a kind of a, a strange one. But um, but again, he's putting his own twist on things. So it's a kind of a case of, yeah, look, inspiration is inspiration at the end of the day. And we've all taken it for whatever reason from something. So that's kind of, that's what makes art great is that it, it is to be shared. I think it is to be kind of, Again, not pure, just outright copying someone, but I mean, it is inspiration is a good thing to take and give, you know, to be able to give someone even. Yeah. And like, hey, if, if people want to listen to it, what harm? Like, you know, if people want to listen to it, well done. Go for it. Yeah, as I say, like, I used to be very, like, you know, <laughs> kind of like, oh, he copied him, he's not a real artist, says your man who fucking, <laughs> you know, tried playing guitar once, broke his fucking fingers and everything. So, like, you know, <laughs> trying to take that. And be like that, but whatever you could, you should just take the thing of music is a fucking thing that we love and enjoy. Just look, just enjoy it. Just let people, get, you know, get yeah, entertainment like, from it. Take something from it. Yeah, like I mean, I'll, I'll throw on Greta Van Fleet there and listen to them all day. Yeah, um, they are a complete. They're the Deals version of Led Zeppelin. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they literally now. Even Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin even spoke in an interview about how like this guy was just. They're just the exact same band. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't care. He was like. They sound good. They're copying us, but yeah. they sound good. So what? What about it? So I don't mind. I don't listen to them and go, oh, geez, it's like a bad Led Zeppelin. They sound good. And I like Led yeah. Zeppelin and they sound like Led Zeppelin. So I like them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's and that's a good way to kind of look at things. Um, do you know, I, I, I don't know what you think of this, really. How do you feel about like how Irish music is represented in radio, um, in national radio? Because like, I've. I've worked in radio, so I get I, I do know and I studied it, so I do know fair enough about like, you know, the, the representation of Irish music is quite poor in my opinion. But what would you think of that like? Well, I but do you mean like trad music or just Irish homegrown in, in like in general, you know? like homegrown bands? Like it's almost like a certain flavor. Now, don't get me wrong, I do like a lot of these bands. Like I'm a big Cronus fan. Um, the script even have some good songs, whatever, but like it's kind of just the same flavor all the time of Corona script picture this that kind of stuff. It's the indie, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I mean. Indie thing. They're yeah. all um verse, and again, like you said, like they're all good. They're all good. They're, yeah, own. yeah. Um, like you know, there's. I wouldn't say a bad word about any of them. I like listening to them, and I I, I covered a lot of their songs, and I think they're all good. But like you were saying about the coverage on the radio, I suppose. Look, it's a lot of it is um inoffensive yeah yeah that works well for everyone and like i don't really listen to the radio that much anymore yeah so i don't like, like that we were talking about selective listening earlier i do that i put on my spotify and i you know what i mean like so yeah but i do throw on the radio the odd time like i have it on in there in the morning whatever for an hour but like i wouldn't be a radio listener as such and i find that like it's probably because of the fact that I'll only listen to talk shows. Do you know what I mean? I don't listen yeah, to the yeah. music they play. It's probably because that they just they're working off the same playlist all the time. But I know why they're doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If, I, I can see why they're doing it, and I, I, you know, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, they should be, you know, just playing all Irish homegrown artists and. 
because there is some phenomenal music. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Particularly since the pandemic started, there's there's singles and recordings coming out from people around, you know, even just in the East Cork area that are amazing. Yeah. Um, and it is so difficult to get them on the radio. But then you have some radio presenters who are brilliant for giving airtime like that, you know? Yeah, and, I, and I've known some over the years as well that are very good and encouraging. Um, you know, like even working for, for stations like Red FM or something, or, you know, the bigger ones, the bigger commercial stations. And it's good to have that as well. That's kind of a, a bit of a gem to have. So, yeah, I suppose when you look at it, it is a thing of like you understand the situation but then you look at other countries, they're a bit more encouraging of um, of homegrown artists. Like the French are a bit more encouraging. The Italians even, as I know, because my girlfriend is from Italy. So I know the Italians are very encouraging of um, homegrown artists and things yeah. like that. And I, I think it's it's kind of a shame in a way because Ireland music is a very big part of Ireland and original music is a very big part of Ireland. There's even some great metal bands in Ireland as well, you know, so all that kind of stuff. It is, it would be nicer, but I do get it at the same time. And that was a great point you made. It's kind of inoffensive. It suits everyone. So you do understand the situation, but I do think sometimes it's a little bit of a shame. All right. You know, no, it definitely is. And I, I know that there's a, there's a stat there you might know, because I, I don't know, but I know that there's a certain percentage of music played on Irish radio has to be Irish artists. Mm. And that's the same in most countries that will say, like, as you said, like, let, let's take Italy, for an example, a certain percentage of the music they play will have to be Italian music. Yeah. And I believe it's a lot lower in Ireland comparison it's to other countries. Quite lower. The last time, now, to be honest with you, this is a few years ago now, this could be after changing or it could be after getting more or something. But when I was studying radio, the the actual Irish was... I think 35% or something, which isn't very high. Now, it's yeah. good enough, but it's not extremely high. Whereas in Italy, they'd have close to 70%, we'll say, which is very big. That's that's yeah. quite encouraging of, you know, artists. And even there's there's a lot of people who might not be huge, but get played on a big radio station there. And that's that's a good thing to see. I think it's encouraging. But again, you're, it's probably a lot of it is probably the cynicism as you say it's kind of a thing of like you should support someone else or whatever you know that kind of thing and well, yeah is- and, like, and like italy again are well known for their music like italy produced some some of the best um uh, singers and sopranos and, and and yeah and violinists and stuff in their time like they're well known for their music and their support and their music and ireland as you said like is known globally as as this fucking powerhouse for music. Like we produce some of the best and biggest musicians the world has ever seen in Ireland. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It is a bit lackluster in terms of support when you think about it, because most of them, again, look, we've got a very small population. So obviously they had to go to America or London to, to make yeah, it. Yeah. Most of them probably when I bet you, when they came home from the States or from London, uh, this back in the day, you know, I bet you they still had to fucking twist the producer's arm to get their sampling on the radio. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, I was listening to uh, Daniel Riley from the Coronas talking about it recently that he was on about they went to London um, for a few years and they actually they had their big record deal or whatever and things looked like they were going um, to massive places. But it just because London especially is such a big market their songs were nearly just not what pe- like it's it's hard to cater to everybody with it as well so they just didn't kind of push it and then they kind of landed on their arse really and came back to ireland and that was a tough one for them but they said at the same time they understand why that was and they understand that like they're lucky to even be in the position they're in as well at the same time that they can play songs that they want to play as well do you know 
Yeah, and I think they they got in at the right time for the kind of stuff that they do. Like I remember, oh, I don't know, it must be six years ago now, maybe even more. Like I remember going to see them that long ago. Yeah, um, and I've been seeing them several times since. Like I, they were a great band when they, yeah. were, you know, doing it. Like the the closer to you album. It's yeah. one of the best albums to come out of an Irish band in a long Love time. Love it. There's some cracking songs on that. Um, but since then, like that inspires, we were talking about how people start copying music. That has inspired how many thousands of yeah, same yeah. indie, indie shite like coming out. And it's none of it, not none of it, but very little of it is, is good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what you would call like that inoffensive pop. Very little of it is any, not that everything has to be innovative either, but like there's just no kind of imagination or soul in it. In a lot of it, you're kind of going, yeah, it's the standard. Like I can nearly predict what the next line is going to be of this song. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that because, you know, I find myself in work, especially just mindless music, sometimes just plug it in or whatever. And you might throw on like an Irish band that you do enjoy and it kind of, you know, gives you suggested songs or whatever. And as you say, you'd nearly be three or four songs down and you're thinking, did I hear this a while ago? Or is it, and it's yeah. a different one, but you know, it's, it's, it's nearly like, yeah, it, it's like that. It, that's a good point. Is it, it's kind of just not really anything that original. And yeah, there is that side of it as well. But as you say, like that, the Corona is producing albums like that. I personally loved their first two albums. I thought were fucking yeah. unbelievable stuff, but again, they probably had to go down slightly more the pop route to get bigger again, you know, which is understandable as well. Oh, they had to, yeah, and you have to respect that as well. That, like, look, it is a business, and you have to make business decisions yeah. based on it. Like, I mean, if I, if you had a, a a restaurant, and you liked, you only liked a bur- you only liked burgers, yeah. So yeah. you only sold a particular kind of burger because you liked it, and yeah. nobody else like like that's a rubbish business plan. You have to sell other things and cater yeah. for other people. Do you know what I mean? It's like just saying, well, I only like making this kind of music, but I mean, look, it's, it's a different thing. Like it's, it's funny because that is how music works. It's just when yeah. you start thinking about it as a business, you start thinking, well, hang on. No, that's a bad business plan. If I only play music, I like, I have to play some pop stuff as well, you know, but there's yeah. a line like, you know, I mean, you were saying there, Tony is an ex-con and, um, and uh, the closer to you album were brilliant. Yeah. Very good. I'm not much a fan of their last. I don't think I even listened to their last album, to be honest. And they did out of loyalty. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it was great. I think didn't hear good reviews anyway. Um, and then you had like picture or not picture this. Um, Code Line. Oh, their first yeah. album was one of the best debut albums I'd heard in a long time as well. Like that was just brilliant. Um, and I didn't particularly like any other stuff since, but they went in a different yeah. direction. It's a brave thing to do, like, you know. It is a brave thing to do. And as you say, actually, Caudaline, um, kind of, th- their first kind of album came out kind of 2011, 2012 or something, wasn't it? Or because they were around for years, but their first kind of major album came out around that time, wasn't it? Like High Hopes, that kind of stuff. Wasn't that the kind of the, yeah, the stuff I you're think- going for around that time? Thank it was a good while ago now that you mentioned it. I know they brought it out as an EP first. Yeah. And then they brought out the album. But like I still have that album on my phone. I still listen to it. I still think it's yeah. brilliant. Um it holds up. Like again, look, a lot of it was kind of again, look, inoffensive pop, but it was nice inoffensive pop. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But they did take a different road. Um and like that, look, it didn't sit with me, but that 
you know, they're not writing albums for me. Do you know what I mean? They're writing yeah. for the masses and it's working, you know, they're still getting big crowds into their gigs. So fair play to them, like, you know. Yeah, someone that I went to see um, uh, two years ago now when he came to Cork was Hosier, and I've been a Hosier fan for a good few years, but he's even kind of different again. But, like, the one thing I will slightly, and, and, and a lot of people might like this or whatever, but the one thing that I would take off and slightly if I had to, and I know they said this to his face, but <laughs> I find I found he, he was a small bit, he's a small bit of a quiet resort fella, and I think that showed a bit on stage, if you know what I mean. Now, he's, a, he's one of the most talented musicians I've ever seen live, and it was a brilliant concert, but his personality isn't huge on stage, do you know? Yeah, and I think that's like that again is like where it comes back to, let's say you're hired for a small gig in in a in a small bar in, in Cork somewhere. You're hired as an entertainer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if if yeah. you went in, if you went in like, and you might be the best fucking singer in the world, um, you're not going to hold as much of an audience as perhaps somebody who's really really entertaining. But I think once you get to the kind of level that Hosier's at, um, I suppose he has that kind of. Uh, I hesitate to call it a privilege. I mean, he's fucking worked his ass off to get released. Oh, yeah, it's not exactly. a privilege, but yeah, yeah. he has that thing to fall back on where he can just, he can drop the antics. He can drop the, you know, the showmanship and just yeah. say, if if it's not in his persona to be like that, he doesn't have to be like that, you know? But again, I can see where you're coming from. Like, I know, like, like the likes of um, Bob Dylan there, I know he played in the marquee a while back and my father yeah. wanted to see him and, he said he fucking left after like five songs because he said he was up there. <laughs> he said he had a hat on. He said it could have been fucking anyone. He says tiny. Yeah. He had a hat on like this in the fucking dark. And he said it could have been anyone playing like. So, um, you know, there's something to be said for being a showman as well. Like, you know. Bob Dylan is in a position though where he can he could tell them to fuck <laughs> off if they had it. I mean, is Bob Dylan really going to have to do anything like that? <laughs> he, um, he can burn the fucking marquee down <laughs> if he wants. He can give a shit. Bob Dylan is, um, I actually heard something about him recently that like he's so famous that he could go to a restaurant in Hollywood or something where all the celebrities are like, you know, like George Clooney, Tom Hanks, someone like that. They could all be in there. But when he walks in, they actually stop acting like themselves. That's how famous Bob Dylan is. Do you know what I mean? He's he's so famous. He's one of these guys that's so famous that when you go, oh, Bob Dylan was somewhere last week and you go, is he still alive? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's that level of fame where you just think he can't be alive, he's too famous. And you know damn well if he was blowing Gilders of a Sunday evening, they'd be like, Would you cheer the fuck up? Would you? Do you know Which, what I mean? that, that note, that as you as you're mentioning that, that's Irish culture in a whole right there. Yeah. That is just like you get the most successful, like genius you can into a bar, and they'll go you, you put him next to an Irish person, <laughs> put him next to an Irish person in the bar, and you go. Jeez, your ass album was dog shit, lad. What the fuck? Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it'd be straight to the point, like. We're, we're not afraid to be um, cynical, kind of. Not not even, it's honesty, I suppose. Whereas, like, a lot of other countries have this kind of thing of, like, oh, they did, yeah, but, like, 40 years ago, they produced this, so they're still up there, you know. As you say, like, if Bob Dylan walked into a pub and, you know, had, had a record that wasn't that great or was even just a bit quiet, you would have fellas just been like, yeah, you're, you're a bit shite, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> you know, it was. Um, I think it was. Do you know? Uh, do you know? Bono gets a lot of doing here. In Ireland. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't abroad. Like it's only no, here in Ireland. And and he's he's saying one day, I think it was on Ryan Tuberty or something, and he was saying how um, he said it's a very Irish thing. He says like there could be a fella with a big massive mansion up on top of a hill, and anywhere else in the world they'll say 
one of these days I'm going to be like him. I'm going to get a house like him, you know? Yeah. But in Ireland, in Ireland, it's one of these days I'm going to get that bastard. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's a very different view. Of like. And it is. It's a completely different type of culture. And Bono, again, I, I excuse Bono for a lot of things because, again, it's the kind of thing you get into an argument with someone about Bono because he, he's the kind of person that you mention him around Ireland and people are like, that fucking asshole. Do you know what I mean? Straight away. But as I say, like, he was a fucking fantastic musician. I'm a huge U2 fan. I've been to see him a few times now and fuck me. Like it, it, even still, it is a great concert. Maybe not what it was years ago, but it's still a fucking unbelievable show. The production values, everything. Edge is still an unbelievable guitarist. And like, he has an excuse again to be a bit like, well, fucking I'm Bono. Like I still, I still, you know, did all these things years ago. I produced one of the greatest albums of all time in Joshua Tree. Not even just Joshua Tree, other ones. And like you can leave him off with a lot of stuff as well, <laughs> Do you know. Yeah, it's like it's like if you were in his position, would you not? Do you know what I mean? Ah, exactly. Would you not be much like 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 again like like you two were my favorite band growing up, and and you know are still one of my favorites. Yeah. I love them. Um, and I just no, I, he he is a bit of a goal, like you know. Ah, he come does, here. Does, he does deserve an awful lot of what he gets. Him. <laughs> but like you know, maybe that's just me being part of the the whole thing. Like, but um, I just. When people sit back and go, ah, oh, there are a lot of shit. You just think, well, they've been one of the number one bands in the world since like, what, 83? Yeah, definitely right? the early 1980s. When yeah. was Joshua Tree was 87. So, yeah. You know, so like, you know, would you not like? Ah, <laughs> oh, come here. Exactly. Like, because I think someone made a point about, about Bono recently. I think it's the only defense you can use from is that his job is a musician, an entertainer, singer, songwriter. And he's great at all those things. Yeah, personally, bit of a clown, but like, so what? He does his job. <laughs> That's the main thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> he does. He does. But I suppose like a lot of people, like there was, there was some, there was some. Uh, how can I put this? Some tax issues, maybe, <laughs> but at the back of a few people. So I suppose that would do it. Like you know. That's I know it's fault. nothing illegal though. <laughs> <laughs> the money was just resting in my account, father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's like that. But again, there is that certain cynicism. But there's a little bit of a thing in Irish culture where we're a kind of like someone is as you said, I'm gonna get that fella. If someone's successful, and I don't know, is it because of years of oppression or something, but we do have this kind of thing of like Jesus, he's high and mighty now, isn't he? Do you know, like that kind of attitude. And I'm guilty of it myself, as you probably are yourself. Everybody has done 100%. it. And I, I don't like to do it. I, I, I do kind of have to take a look at myself <laughs> sometimes and say, what harm are they actually doing, you know? But it is definitely an Irish thing to be a bit like, Jesus, yeah, he's doing well for himself. What a bastard, do you know? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's probably a lot. It's probably the biggest motivator for a lot of people in Ireland. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just saying like, I need to be better than, you know, and particularly like if you're a musician and your your whole idea is you're, you are trying to, you know, be as good as you possibly can be at whatever it is you're doing. Um, you can get very caught up in that kind of thing. Like you need to be careful about it, but it, it does seem to be in our blood, like as, as a, as a culture, like to just want to be like that fucker. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Somebody pulls up in, in a nice car, you go, that bastard. Anywhere else in the world, they go, that's a lovely car. You go, Fuck's sake, look at him in his BMW. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's also it's also an Irish thing, um, <clears throat> again, which I am guilty of it myself, um, of like, you know, 
getting cynical about Ireland or getting cynical about living in Ireland or something. But then if someone from another country slightly criticizes Ireland or even, you know, <laughs> tries to claim somebody who's Irish as not as some other nationality, you just you're nearly putting on a ballyclava. You're fucking pure Republican oh, yeah. Irish, like, you know. Oh, leg into it, yeah. Like, like if we go abroad, <laughs> we have to have the, the Irish fucking rugby jersey on and everything. Like, yeah, so yeah. You have to represent, like, like for all the shit talk we do about it when we're here, like wouldn't let anybody go at it in fairness <laughs> <laughs> and i forget myself sometimes when i go abroad because like uh to, to cork people i'm very easy to understand but to people who aren't from cork not really like i'll never forget i was talking to um because i family in america and i was talking to uh one of my uncle's uh girlfriends at the time and i was talking to her about she was she was visiting cork and she went to spike island and she said to me uh yeah i was in spike island today and i was like oh stink <laughs> she's like Sorry, what you think? And then my uncle's like, he's asking you, what did you think? <laughs> you know, have to have yeah. a translator. Because <laughs> we, do, and especially the Cork accent, we talk yeah. very fast. Because like that, I remember being in the States years ago and everyone was just looking at us like we had two heads. They were going, just slow down. I was like, yeah, what? Yeah. Was like, just, just slow down. Because we have this very melodic, we go up and down and we speak yeah. very quickly. You know what I mean? And we don't realize it. <laughs> Until you start listening to an American and they're really, you know, that's really droll yeah. kind of, you know what I mean? Very monotone in, in comparison, like. Yeah, and it's funny, like, the kind of the globalization that America has done and all the rest, like, even, as you say, like, from both spectrums of things, if there's, like, you know, US election, things like that, and people are like, I saw Trump's sound or Trump's this, that, or the other. It's like, well, at the end of the day, lads, I suppose, we're in our own country here. Does it really matter either way? I suppose is the argument. No, don't get me wrong. I'm taken by it myself, but like, there is that kind of thing that people have of like, well, I think he's a great president, but like, how do you know? You're you you don't live there. How do you know how fucking good he is or not? You know? Yeah, well, I think Trump scared everyone here because, like, it, let's be honest, like, America, love it or hate it, like they kind of are in charge of most things. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind That's of true. like what America does, we kind of follow in in, in, it, in the broader sense of things. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, let's say that all went up in flames over there. It wouldn't be long until there was, that was felt around the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of scary for a lot of people. But I, I see your point of like, you know, it's not, like, we should be more concerned with the fucking Egypts we have here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, and sometimes it's probably a thing of like making it bad and all as uh, our own people are. It probably made us look at him and go, well, at least they're not that bad. <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah. thing. And that can be sobering sometimes as well. <laughs> how many times did you hear after Trump? Like how many times like watching Trump and Boris Johnson with the with the coronavirus? I don't know. I heard it like at least three times a day. I saw Asher Leo's grand in the end of the day. Like, you know, <laughs> they'd be, they could be given out like holy war. Yeah. But then after watching Donald Trump say something and then, and then they would just say, Era Leo's grand after all, like, you know, at the end of the day, he's not, he's, he's harmless enough. Like, you know, there, there could be a lot worse than himself there. No, really. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I suppose, yeah, when you, when you do have the reality check, yeah, again, you could have that uh, view, but I suppose it speaks bad enough as how politics is in general. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like coronavirus, the way people react to it and things like that, you see protests, you see what people are doing. And I understand people are upset by the situation we all are but i do hate to see it when people are denying it or going out without masks endangering people things like that honestly it's a complete lack of human compassion really do you know 
Yeah, I mean, like, the, I mean, at the end of the day, look, you can think it's false. You can think this. You can think that. But the, you're being asked, right, to wear a mask when you go out. Yeah. On the off chance that you might be wrong about it being some sort of lizard people hoax, um, what big a fucking deal is it throwing a mask? Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> it's just one of those things that I just sit back and go like, okay, you could be completely convinced that you're right about this. And I, I'd love to sit here and give you a hundred thousand points on why you're not, but yeah, you know, let's not do that. And let's just assume for a second that you might be wrong. Yeah. What do, you yeah. Have, do you know what I mean? Why not just kind of wear the mask just in case? Do you know what I mean? Like that's what I'd be saying because like, just, just for the sake of going into a shop for a few minutes to buy a few cans, buy your whatever milk, <laughs> you know, things like that. At the essentials. <laughs> cans, of <milk. laughs> cans and milk. Cans of milk. Um, they say Guinness is like milk. Um, is it? Yeah, exactly. For the sake of those few minutes, would you not just throw on the bit of, you know, the face covering, whatever. And what's even worse is gang sticking their nose out over it or whatever is even worse. I don't know. Oh, I just don't get it. Like, you know. That's just like, I mean, I just don't see the point. In it. Like, ah, it just, it, it makes me worry sometimes for the fucking, for the, the generation that we have coming in. Like, you think, oh no, is this what we have, like, as a population now? Ah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone recently about, like, you know, how far we've progressed as a society in an awful lot of ways, which is great. And I often wonder will it get to a stage where we're the adults and we're the ignorant ones? I've always wondered about that. Because <laughs> as I say, our generation is quite progressive, especially in Ireland, we've been very lucky. But I wonder, is there things now that when we get older, our kids would be like, you're on the wrong side of history. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I often I mean, wonder yeah, that. I, like. I think it's already, I think it's already happening. And I think like that, like, well, I'm 22, so I'm still pretty young, right? But I think yeah. you start becoming aware of like, there's now a generation behind me that are adults, right? Yeah. But they're like, there's only, let's say, four years of a difference between me and an 18 year old, right? But I'm already so far removed from the things that they understand and oh, the way that stop. they think. And like, even like, let's say, like TikTok. No, I, I don't know what it is, lad. TikTok in my life. <laughs> and I'm, but this is, this is only in four years. Like, how quickly yeah. you get left behind. Um, so, like, God, you're probably right. Maybe we are the ignorant ones, you know, and we're and like we're only very young. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine when you're in your 80s. Yeah. How out of touch. So I suppose that maybe that makes it kind of easier sometimes to think of why like somebody in their 80s is, you know, is so opposed to, you know, matters on race or, or you know, yeah. something like that. Transgender issues or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. It must be so difficult for them to understand. It's, I'm not excusing it. No, but it of course. It must be so difficult for them to understand. You know. Of course, but I, I would often, I would actually try and say, you know, understand on a human level of, for example, somebody uh, of our parents' generation, something like that, that wouldn't be as open to, you know, social issues, things like that, and you have to kind of. I suppose you have to throw yourself, throw your hat into the ring and say, like, well, maybe things were not as open in their day. So it's probably a shock to the system in a lot of ways. But again, in their day, they probably thought we're very progressive compared to our parents. And that's that's what I'm saying is that, like, will it get to a stage where we're the ones who the kids are turning around to us saying, yeah, you're, you're quite ignorant, actually, you know? <laughs> and like you mentioned this yourself in this podcast a, a few weeks back, you were saying that, like, um, uh, basically, most you just sit down with somebody and kind of just talk to them about like 
you know, try and very slowly introduce somebody to this idea of the new thing as opposed to just calling somebody names and just saying, well, you're anti yeah. this or you're, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you don't understand this, so you must be a bigot, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Just like that, to have the awareness that it is a different generation, you know? And I've seen that an awful lot when it comes to referendums, um, particularly, is that there is a kind of a movement of like, I saw somebody who was saying, you know, abortion shouldn't be allowed or whatever. And it's a kind of thing where I'm like, yeah, but they come from a generation where that was unheard of, you know? And as you say, to sit down and have a conversation with somebody, they might not change their mind, but at least you can say, ah, well, look, I tried to talk to them on a human level as opposed to just dehumanize them and call them something or whatever. And it works both ways. People saying like, oh, you fucking, you know, you're too open or you're this that and the other calling names as well it doesn't work either way you know absolutely and like that like i think it's just such a rare thing to find somebody who will change their mind i think some people just have they're they're just they just go with it they just think okay this is my decision and this is how i think about it and i'm not listening to anybody's arguments on why i should go to the other side yeah that's a very dangerous thing i think you know because (laughs) i i will sit down and like maybe it's a bad thing that I can be swayed one way or the other, but it's because I will listen to what somebody has. You know what I mean, I, I'll, I'll sit back and go, well, this is why you say, okay, so you're against it. Why are you against it? Yeah. You know, explain to me the reasons why you're against it and explain to me why I should be against it. And then I'll explain to you why I'm for it and why you should be for yeah. it. And, you know, you never know what you're going to discover from each other. You know what I mean? There can be a very intelligent discussion had or, you can go, well, you're a fucking Egypt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and that doesn't work. And like, as you say, I try to talk to people in as much as I can, people who would have a different view to myself. Like I recently um, had a great conversation with somebody um, about the coronavirus, somebody who's very like, you know, denying it or whatever. And look, they made some valid points, I won't lie, or whatever. I still think they're wrong. But I do think we were able to talk to each other as friends and kind of say, yeah, look, there's there's something we can both take from both sides but when it gets as you say i don't like that they have that view at the same time because it can get dangerous and at the end of the day that's why i'm against what they believe but at the same time i do prefer the fact that we were able to talk as adults you know yeah and i think the coronavirus is just such a touchy topic as well because you're dealing with people's lives you know people are dying and like you know, look, we probably all know somebody who has died over it. Maybe we're lucky that we haven't. But, like, you know, I think at this point, somebody who still believes it's not an actual real disease, regardless of how they think it should be handled, if they still don't believe it's an actual real disease, um, there's a certain level of just idiocy there that you just can't fucking yeah. level with, I think. You know, because it's fairly fucking obvious right now that it is a real thing. Like, somebody who's sitting there going, ah, it's all a hoax, the numbers are made up, nobody's died, nobody... Did you, that's a very, very stupid person, that's, in my opinion. Like. No, but that's that. That's not even. That's actually worrying, and it's especially if it's somebody that might be close to you. Like if it's a family member or something that believes that. That's a very scary thing for somebody you might care about to think that how how have they been so infected by this in their mind to think something like that. You can't like. What I would say to anybody really is like go and help out the people who are working on the front line in health, in COVID wards, in stuff like that, and see. Because I I have family that are in hospitals doing these things, 
and it's not made up. It's not fucking made up. Like you can't, you know what I mean? I've talked to people. I've seen it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And I think, and I think at this point, most of us have, you know, I'm like, I would be yeah. shocked if there was somebody now who hadn't either spoke to somebody who's working in a hospital or has had COVID or knows somebody who had COVID. Like it's so everywhere at this point that you think like, how could you not know somebody or have experienced it yourself? And like, we can all have different views on how we think it should be handled. Like, I mean, yeah. Okay, you may not agree with the lockdown, or you may not agree with this, you may not agree with that, and that's fine. We can sit down and have a discussion about that, but you can't have a discussion, an intelligent discussion at least, with no, somebody no, who still no. believes that it doesn't exist. Like, I, I just think it's, it's, I, I can't conceive of that mind that just says, "Ah, oh, no, it's still fake." Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and there's a lot of people who say, like, "Oh, it's exaggerated," and look, you know, again, that's more something I'd be inclined to believe more. I still I don't personally I don't I do believe it is quite serious, especially when cases rise to an awful lot and the hospitals get crowded. It that's when it gets very serious, and it's very selfish to kind of think, oh, it's not that big a deal. So with that, but it's again that's something you could have a slightly intelligent conversation about. But again, just people who are purely denying it, you can't talk Absolutely. to them on a human level about it. You know, I was um, I think it was Darren Brown once said that uh, extraordinary claims uh, demand extraordinary evidence. Yeah, I think that's really it. Really pays dividends in this kind of situation. Where if you're going to start going around claiming that it's fucking five G is causing it, you better have some really good evidence. Do you know what I mean? And they don't. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Your 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 argument is not void. <laughs> <laughs> you have been defeated. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah. it is like it's, and I don't like nothing's ever that cut and dry. But like for the purposes of you know trying to explain how it is, maybe that is kind of the way that it tends to go like i mean how how can you sit there and say that it is fucking i don't know what's what's the new what's the new conspiracy that it's fucking <laughs> shepherd's pie causing it or something like do you know what i mean that's an interesting one. god only knows what they're going to come up but next like <laughs> i have an interesting but it could kind be of anything a, like i have an interesting kind of hot take about it that it was the talk show hosts of mainstream news networks who created it because you'll notice it's when the um <clears throat> it's when the ratings started to drop with talk show hosts. Like for example, the late late show can now have whoever they want on because they can have a true Zoom. I'd say if I worked hard enough, I could get someone very, very, very famous on this show. <laughs> so you got you got me, David. Jesus. I said very, very, very famous, Dan. You're only very famous. <laughs> but like <laughs> But you know what I mean is that like that's that's a good theory. Now, do I have any statistics or anything to back that up? No, but look, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like that. But that's but this is it, like you know. And, and then you see, you can get statistics. And you get what's called a, for, a false correlative. Uh, I can't say it correlative, um, where you can yeah. say, oh well, look on 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 Sundays more there was more deaths, so therefore yeah. it's more dangerous on a Sunday. Well, that's wrong. But the statistics prove it. But it's it's a false correlation. You know what I mean? Like, there's so it, things can be twisted in all sorts of ways to suit these. You know these, and I know that they can turn around and say, "Well, yeah, but what you're considering to be fact is also, you know, is where, where is that coming from?" Like, yeah. You know? But I tend to trust the science, and yeah, so, you know, and 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 that's kind of the way I I like to look at it. Is that like. Okay, I, I don't, I didn't study, you know, virology, I didn't study any kind of medicine at all. So I don't feel personally myself, I'm in a, I'm in a qualified position to speak on a medical issue like this. 
you know and that's kind of the way i look at it i can try and learn about it but can i say that i know more than a person who has a qualification has worked in a field for years can i say somebody that's on a committee for like the world health organization knows more than me i wouldn't think like i'm in that position to be totally honest you know exactly and like again you, you scroll through like if God fucking help us. Like when you scroll through Facebook comments these days, it, it's, ah, it can be very depressing. But if you're scrolling through, sometimes you'll see like, oh, you shouldn't listen to these wankers. I wouldn't listen to a word out of these fellas. Yeah, just go, yeah. Okay, who should we listen to instead? You? you yeah, I mean? are you qualified? Like, like was you know, you barely passed your leaving cert. Are you qualified to tell me? Do you know exactly what I mean? Like, you know? <laughs> and again, like, yeah, it, it comes down to, um, as you were saying, scrolling through Facebook, it's a toxic fucking environment. For like, I had to, to get rid of a lot of news articles and or not news sites and stuff like that. Like the fucking, not going to use names, not to be fair, but like there is a lot of ones I had to get rid of because I just, it's pure clickbait because you have to, because newspapers aren't really a thing anymore. Like news will say organizations have to make money now by clickbait, by, you know, putting up a thing. Like, for example, someone could put up something like, um, I don't know. Hall Martin thinks Syrian refugees should live in Ireland without doing, you know, without working or something or without doing anything, which might not at all be at all what he said. But that attracts the bigotry and kind of hatred that natural, you know, the people, a lot of people have, unfortunately, through ignorance. And then what they do is they, you know, they comment on it being like, well, if they don't like Ireland, they can fuck off or whatever. And you're looking at that yeah. and you're like, you probably didn't even read the fucking article. Do you know that's oh oh so hang on are you are you the guy that comes in like four comments down in all caps read the article I'm that asshole yeah yeah <laughs> there's always one yeah no but it's true like nobody reads the article you just read the click and I'm like you know I don't even like when I go on Facebook now I do my very best to avoid yeah. all those things because again it was only like a few weeks ago that I realized I was like this is so bad for me to be reading this it's actually yeah. making me stupid do you know what I mean it's actually like I'm losing intelligence reading what these people are saying. Like, so I had to just, you know, it's not good for your mental health either. Like to be totally honest, like, I mean, fucking, if you're not in a good place or you're not, you know, the mind isn't in the best place, whatever you're looking at that kind of thing. And you're actually getting a lot of anger from it then because you're looking at how fucking stupid people are acting. And that makes you a cynical person. And I don't like to be that because I don't like to harbor fucking bad feelings about, you know, people or whatever, if I can help it. So, doing you know looking through sites like that just isn't gonna it's not good for you really so a lot of it is yeah social media is great in a lot of ways you can have crack with people and especially now with coronavirus it's great to be able to communicate with people and stuff like that but at the same time yeah a certain there's there's too much of it is very unhealthy you know i know i mean geez like it can just be so frustrating when you do read something like that and like Okay, you can go ahead and reply, but you're, you're no fucking better then. Like, do you know no, what I mean? you're not. You like, all night, you can be all night on Facebook having a fucking argument with a stranger, like you know. Well, well, they're not. Go- they're not going to come around to your like idea anyway. You know what I mean? If they're behind, especially if they're behind the keyboard, they can literally say what they want. And like now, what I like to do, um, but again, you know, I'm fucking, I'm a weird person. But what I like to do is like, uh, I, I recently there was a lad commented something. I can't even remember what he said, but it was something pure, like, you would only say this now because you're on a fucking thing. Something about some sort of fucking, I don't know, some something something bigoted anyways, or something, I can't remember what the fuck it was. They're kind of annoyed, I can't remember, because it was funny. But I just replied, <laughs> I just replied saying, I'm telling on you. 
Because <laughs> I'm just weird. I'm weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that though. I love that. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I know. Um, I I, I won't name any names now again, but like, I do know one fellow who uh, he has another account, which is specifically for like dealing with, <laughs> you know, yeah, conspiracy nuts, right? But like, he'll go on. He'll go on his personal account and reply. Yeah. And then I'll go on his other account and reply to his own comment and like get like get like three sides the argument going. And it's just yeah. like that's the kind of and like this guy is this guy's retired. Like I love I'd love to be at that I, fucking I'm just gonna say something he's a lot of free time. That's, that's my dream. Like when I'm retired to be on Facebook with like four accounts just having fucking conversations with myself. That's brilliant. Oh yeah, I remember now I, I said I said I'm telling on you, and then he replied, Oh no, did I offend you snowflake or something to fucking typical anyway? I was like, I was lazy. And then I just oh, I just sorry. replied, I just replied, Did you know that a group of hammerhead sharks is called a toolbox? Which isn't true, but it sounds like it could be. <laughs> that's very. I, I wish it was true. That's, that's, I don't know what they are called, but that's better. It's probably a school. I bet you everything's a uh, fucking school, school or something. Yeah. How the fuck did he get onto is, that? No. <laughs> yeah, get on to David Attenborough. I'll tell you there. Anyway, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure, lad. You're a fucking great, lad, to talk to. I really think we fucking had a good old um, kind of delved onto a lot of things. So you made my job easy. Cheers for that. We did, yeah. We we definitely got our own. That's this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. It was very interesting, I must say. A good crack. So we, we dealt with a lot of topics there anyway. <laughs> if you have been affected by any of the issues raised, you can contact me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Dan, thanks <laughs> very you much. Did an excellent job. <laughs> thanks very much, and I hope Listen, to talk to you again soon, bud. Brilliant, David. Thanks a million for having me on.